You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. That's right, another edition of FUVFC. Jackson Heil, Christian Holbin, Luke Fiore back here with you guys. How are we on this Thursday afternoon? Doing pretty well. Right. Well, Christian, you're having, a, you're, having a, you're, having a tough, you're having a tough week with soccer. In well, terms no, of I mean, results. I mean, Spurs won yesterday in the in the Carabao Cup. Ah, uh, the Spurs B side beat uh, West Ham in their Cup final. This is the biggest match of West Ham's year every year when Spurs <laughs> yeah. come to play West Ham at West Ham, um, and they got they got crushed by the B side. So that was fun. Um, and then, yes, I was at nycfc union last night in in the sons of ben supporters section with the philadelphia union fans Mm -hmm. and union were absolutely outclassed i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna preface this by saying union were absolutely outclassed did not deserve to win on a normal pitch with normal referees they still would have lost that said that pitch is an embarrassment we'll we'll have we'll have more on that and i'm gonna let you get into your your rant soon, Luke. How are you? I well, let's, let's I'm doing all right. I'm 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 riding this four-one win by Liverpool. I'm getting ready to go into the weekend. Red Bulls have a bye. I'm feeling pretty good right now, uh, soccer-wise at least. Baseball's another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mets hired their GM this week, but uh, that's for that, that's for a different podcast. That's I will not just for say interesting. <laughs> we well, we got a lot to get to today, and uh, we're gonna start with some MLS talk today. As Christian alluded to, he has a rant to talk about Yankee Stadium and. I can't really disagree with him in this regard. I, although I, I, in what you're gonna argue, I think I may disagree. But the fact is that there shouldn't be a there shouldn't be a baseball stadium as a part of the MLS, and that that I agree with. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, the pitch is the size of a postage stamp, first of all, <laughs> and second of all, I counted because I was curious. So at, this is from after I started counting, which was probably after three or four slips. I counted another ten slips last night by both teams. Mm-hmm. This was NYCFC who are used to playing on that pitch were slipping all over the place, not counting Maxi Morales diving all over the place. That was a whole <laughs> other story. But ten slips after I started counting, which is pro- probably makes it 13 or 14, is just absolutely unacceptable. It's like they were playing at Wembley after an NFL game. Like, it's just the the pitch looked, literally the grass looked like it was dead. Christian like, is going to have some some takes about like the grass looked like it was dead today. like and there was like it looked like it had been like resodded it was like in rectangles that like were it was just awful yeah worth noting that was the first game at Yankee Stadium first elimination game at Yankee Stadium since the Yankees were knocked out by the Red Sox in Game <laughs> Four so I can take that I did tweet that out last night but uh, all right anyways we will be talking about MLS well a little more on the Yankee Stadium and stuff and whether NYCFC. I wasn't. I was impressed by them. I still have concerns about them going forward. I didn't think their back four was all that strong. I they're they're lucky to get Herrera back because I honestly thought him and Ring were the best two players on the field outside of Morales. Just them. He stabilizes them a lot. But we'll address the rest of the Eastern Conference and talk about also a little bit of the West. I think it's pretty clear Sporting KC's coming out of there. But we'll give our MLS final predictions. Then we got some talk about. The new Real Madrid manager, obviously they sacked their man who's not to be mentioned because I just simply can't pronounce his name. I'm, I'm not even going to make an effort <laughs> at it. But they're in the search for a new manager and a pair of guys coming onto the list that, I mean, Roberto Martinez and Jose Mourinho are apparently on their short list at the moment, which I have some takes about, to say the least. I, I think that would be a disaster for them, whoever they choose of, if they decide to go with those two. I'm going to mention a guy who I know Christian isn't going to be too fond of and is the odds-on favorite right now to be that guy, and he may come from England, possibly Tottenham, his name going by Mauricio Pochettino. Here, here's why I think that 
Mauricio Pochettino is absolutely the right choice for Real Madrid. Oh, I think he's the right choice. He's for absolutely anyone, the, really. the right choice if they okay. if they look at where they are right now and say we're going through a transitional period. They can't hire Mauricio Pochettino and expect he's going to turn it around this year. They're going to win La Liga or they're going to win something. They can't bring him in and say you have to win this year. You're gone, like they've done with. Everyone. The last 14 managers that Perez has hired in the last 15 years or whatever ridiculous number it is. If they bring in Pochettino, he is absolutely the right choice if they recognize that this is going to be a transitional period. That they give him the rest of the year to figure out what players that are in the squad that he likes, to identify targets for the summer, and to go out and compete next year for La Liga and Champions League. I think that it makes him the right hire. If they don't want to do that, if they want to compete this year, they need to bring in somebody else. But if they... If they're all in on a transitional period, I think Pochettino is the right choice for Madrid. Yeah, I think Pochettino, I mean, you see what he has done with the not, I mean, not necessarily the limited, but... With not, the limited budget, yeah, at least. I mean, he's, he's done a great job at Tottenham. He's a great coach. He's really good um, tactically. Um, so, of course, he's going to be a great fit for Real. But, yeah, you can't put the pressure on him immediately this season. But that being said, if they're going to wait to bring him in this summer, I think something that needs to happen is that Real actually secures a Champions League position. I think yes, if they yeah. don't, then there's, I mean, I, Tottenham, there's a, there's a very good chance that Tottenham will secure a Champions League position this year. It's not like a shoo-in yet, but I, I don't think Pochettino would be leaving uh, a Champions League position Tottenham for a non-Champions League position Real Madrid. I, I think the difference is the budget uh, that between That's, Madrid yeah. and Spurs. I mean, even if Spurs well, are in the clearly. Champions League... Yeah, I mean, if Spurs are in the Champions League and Madrid aren't, Madrid are willing to go out and spend £150 million on a player. Spurs won't spend £150 million over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like there's a there's a massive difference between what Daniel Levy is willing to spend and what Real we'll, Madrid We'll get more into that as the show goes on. And then uh, just quickly, I'll run down the next few things. City-Tottenham, obviously, last weekend. City get a good result at Wembley. But again, I this is the real problem I had. I, I had problems with the pitch conditions at Wembley because they were a disaster after the Eagles-Jaguars game that happened it, Sunday. It, the the field was not in good shape going into the Eagles-Jaguars yeah, game Sunday. That, you're absolutely right. Because well, there's been like three games in a row there, yeah. football games out on the weekend. So the, there are some problems there, and that, and that stems from also... Tottenham's new stadium not being ready, which is a problem in itself. But regardless, I think it ended up costing Tottenham. And then finally, well, I know we'll get to a topic Luke wants to talk about with Arsenal-Liverpool mm-hmm. this weekend. First real test for Arsenal since they kind of went on that 11-game run where they won 11 straight in all competitions. And they had two tests to start the year in City and, Ar- and Chelsea, which they failed in flying colors. Now they get a big test in Liverpool. And that one should be an interesting one for yeah. sure. I mean, Liverpool has... You know, they had that rough patch in September, October, where they had just a ridiculous amount of games against tough competition, and they kind of slowed down the pace they were on at the beginning of the season, but I think the last two games against Red Star Belgrade and Cardiff were convincing enough that they can still go out there, score the goals, and really completely have control of a game. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I really want to see um, a great defensive showing from Liverpool. Um with, I mean, playing against Aubameyang is going to be very hard. Um, he's very speedy. I think at this point, he looks like the guy who might win the Golden Boot. Uh, I'm going to throw that out there no, as a yeah, hot take. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that specifically Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is the biggest problem for Liverpool because he is 
precisely the kind of striker that Van Dyke has trouble with. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, Van Dyke is huge and he's physically imposing and he makes a great tackle, but he's not, and he's he's fast in straight line once he gets sprinted, but he's not mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. And Aubameyang is quick off the shoulder of the back line and he's he's very, like, just that, like, little burst to get himself a little bit of space, and that's what Van Dyke struggles with. So I'm very interested to see that particular matchup with those two players. He might need some help from his um, his wingbacks. Um, well, not wingbacks, fullbacks. Well, I mean, Rob- I mean, Robertson he's, he's and Alexander-Arnold. But then the problem is... The, Lacazette. Yeah. The, he plays very nicely with Aubameyang. Lacazette was the guy I was just about to mention because I mean you you can you can you can deal with Aubameyang and if you have mm-hmm. if you have the personnel which I think Liverpool do and I I know Van Dijk can give he can give Arsenal some trouble he can give Liverpool some trouble and Aubameyang could like you mentioned could be a problem but I mean you have Lacazette as that secondary guy who's kind of their secondary runner so to speak obviously you have Aubameyang but then you have that trailing runner in Lacazette who just Poses a ton of different problems mm-hmm. for Liverpool to deal with. And outside of Van Dyke, I'm still personally pretty skeptic about Liverpool's back four. But we'll get into that later. We kind of took a while with that rundown. So let's get into the MLS quickly because obviously right in the middle of the knockout stages, there's two more games tonight. DC United hosting Columbus and LAFC hosting Real Salt Lake tonight. So those are the two last knockout games. Obviously yesterday, the big ones, Portland topping Dallas, and then the one we're really going to talk about, NYCFC beating the Philadelphia Union 3-1. And like you mentioned, Christian, I, I think it was pretty clear that NYCFC were the better, better team. They're finally healthy for the first time, really, all season. And they were kind of using that as an excuse for a while. I mean, they lost; they only won two of their last ten games. But finally, they're healthy. They beat the Union on Sunday. And a dominant performance. And I know the pitch conditions were a problem yesterday. Yeah, and and, and, and even if even if that match were on a regular pitch with regular grass, NYCFC still would have run the game. Like, absolutely, like the talent, the difference in talent there was and just also, too much. Also, I, I do want to mention this. I thought the officiating was very poor oh, throughout, it was awful. throughout the game. I, I thought I, I there thought, were they were two real penalty claims that Union had the, in the, the first, especially half of the, game. the one on Bedoya. The, uh, Bedoya, the, yeah. Bedoya. I thought the first one. The first on one was, was I thought, very I thought, close. I thought Johnson got ball first. I, and I, I would have liked to have seen them at least. Mm, and at I, least I can, discuss I, it. I can give the officials. I can. I don't. I can't give the officials crap for letting that go because that goes either way yeah. in both games. Yeah. But the Bedoya one. I mean, I thought that, that was, was really cold. clear. I mean, that was really clear. I know Bedoya tweeted about it after the game, yeah. saying he's lucky to have his ankle. I mean, he's yeah. absolutely right. I think. I think the only possible explanation, and I've seen some people speculate to this, is I. I thought this was what would what happened, uh, being in the stands. I thought the only reason that it couldn't have been a penalty is that Bedoya was flagged offside. Which okay. I don't think I don't think he was offside, but I think the official had his flag up, which is okay. I think why he let it go. But I mean, but, but still, still if, if the if, ball if was gonna gone, happen like sweat that. came in hard. I mean, and, I thought it was a, I thought it was a clear card in general. Yeah, I, 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 thought I, th- I think even if I think even if you call Bedoya offside, you have to give Sweat a card for coming in like that. The ball was gone. There was no point to that challenge. And to give NYCFC credit, because I think we're kind of just trashing them, even though they put together a pretty good performance. Maxi Morales, Morales incredible. is incredible. He he really was. I, I thought he was so clear that he was the best player on the field. He does flop a lot, but like you mentioned, he, he does so much with the ball. I mean, he's so dynamic on the outside, and he can kind of interchange, really play whatever side you want. David Villa called him a ten. I mean, he could he could play an eight, nine, seven, where wherever yeah. really you want him. I mean, he is a guy that makes a huge difference for NYCFC, and defensively. I, I I do have problems with them still because I I thought Burke and Fafa were running all yeah, over the place if, all night and really I mean it was really the last touch for Philadelphia that 
if they had, I mean, that game could easily been two two. Right, early in and that's half. and that's the problem that I have with with Union. They've been a, they've been around for what ten years now. They they're a big market team. I mean, Philadelphia is the fifth largest market in the country. They spend like a small market team. Yep. They won't go out and get a player. I mean, you don't you don't need Zlatan Ibrahimovic to score in MLS, but you need a player that's better than yep. Corey Burke. Yep. No, like, you're they, like you don't right. like. There's a different. There, there's a a whole range of possibilities between Corey Burke and Zlatan Ibrahimovic that you can go out and spend and get. Philadelphia's a big media market. You can spend the money. Yeah. No, I, I I do agree, and I do want to get Luke involved. I feel bad. I've kind of <laughs> just pushed him off to the side here, but. Well, he should have gen- come to Yankee Stadium last night. He <laughs> that he could have done, but unfortunately that was not the case. But in general, looking forward now, just because obviously Philadelphia was a team that really wasn't expected to get to the playoffs this yeah. year. you got to give them a lot of credit for what they did, kind of putting the young guys as a priority in their starting 11, and, I mean, and it, it ended it, up working out for them. It, it worked out for the season, but it burned them a little bit at the yeah. back last night. I mean, but, McKenzie uh, you, and you Trusty. Gotta get, you got to get the experience you know, yeah, somehow. I agree. And, I, I agree. mean, going forward, those are probably going to be the guys in Philly for the next for, for the foreseeable future. But going forward for NYCFC, I don't see really a scenario in which they can beat Atlanta. I, I really no, I don't, don't because, either. I mean, you look at the you look at the starting – you really look at what Atlanta provides up top. I mean, obviously Joseph Martinez, but there's so much more to Atlanta's attack than him. And obviously Martinez is the big one. I mean, 31 goals this year, best goal-scoring year in MLS history. But the way that NYCFC looked yesterday, particularly their back four, obviously getting Herrera back with the ring, they can handle the attacking midfield. But if Martinez gets any chance, I mean, it's going to it's gonna get be a problem for NYCFC pretty quickly. And... I really don't foresee a scenario unless they unless they go up one or two goals at home because it's just so hard to play in Mercedes-Benz. It's a tough place to play, and I really don't see a scenario in which unless they really win big in the first leg on Sunday where they have a chance going forward. Yeah, um, Atlanta's home atmosphere is just... It's just completely different. It's like almost playing like a real soccer game, like in England. <laughs> wow, that's a um, shot, and I, I can't disagree with you whatsoever. Yeah, uh, it's just it's massive, and yeah, they and fill it. They average fifty five thousand people. Yeah, that's it, pretty were, mar- There was fifty thousand, and there wasn't that. At, let's be honest, there was not that many people there. Yeah, it the announced attendance 000. at Yankee Stadium last night was fifteen thousand, which wouldn't even fill up Philadelphia Union Stadium, which is yeah. a small stadium mm-hmm. for. A soccer stadium. They get fifty five thousand people. I mean, I was I was looking I was looking before the game yesterday, and there had to be it no like more. A Phillies game. They, there had to be more. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like an Orioles game to be honest, where they got eight thousand fans this year. But honestly, there there it was like ten minutes before the game started, and there was like three thousand fans there, if that. <laughs> and the majority of that was the Union supporter section, which you were a part of. And the NYC supporters. I mean, other than that, it really felt like there was no one there. And I mean, yeah, I. I... I told you guys this before the show, but I worked um, for the NYCFC a couple summers ago, and just the fans there kind of just, they kind of like roll in as the game comes along. I I don't know. Being a Red Bulls fan, I'm a bit biased because I don't think the City fans are real fans because they just, their team just got created a couple years ago. Yeah, as opposed to the totally not corporate New York Red Bulls who play Red Bull Arena. Hey, at least, you know, (laughs) you know. What I can say is... Who play in New least, Jersey, by the way. Yeah, yes. Edison, New Jersey. Yes. Yeah, New York's team. The small, I, by the way, that, the smallest that, that stadium is major, really... That stadium it's is a beautiful really, it's stadium. Awesome, it's an awesome stadium. Yeah. But it's the thing is, okay, the one I can defend the Rebels because at least their sponsor is synergistic with their team. Um, meanwhile, like all these other teams have just random sponsors like 
Minnesota United as target. NYCFC is Etihad. Well, I mean, the Minnesota Twins play in Target Field. So I know, but some regional connection. But I mean, like right. they're the Might New York. Well, let's move the stadium there as well. Yeah, we'll get our second <laughs> baseball field. I mean, <laughs> it's like my 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 problem with this is just that it's more. At least it's more like American sports where. If they are the New York Red Bulls, I understand it's Red Bulls brand, but they have their Red Bulls logo across the shirt, and it's not taken up by some random brand. Well, At least it's the brand that owns the team, and the team is kind of named after. Long, long story short, no, you go. go what were you gonna say? Atlanta United are gonna win the East, and New York Red Bulls have no chance. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, I, I, the Red Bulls. Let, have let's, a, talk, let's talk about. I the love Red Bulls. Miguel so, Almiron. I mean, is my, is I, my, I love him. I think the Red Bulls have a good chance. Tottenham. Yeah, our, our our producer Evan is was just mentioning that before. I mean, Arsenal and Tottenham were all linked to him and could get a pretty big fee in the transfer window. Yeah, I heard it looks 25 like million. Yep, yeah. it was 25 to 30 mil. But let's talk about Red Bulls quickly because, honestly, I, I don't, they're, they'll play the winner of D.C. and Columbus. I, I don't think either really presents a tough challenge. I I, I, D.C., I think, DC, could be interesting yeah. with DC's Rooney. Good. D.C. went from bottom of the table to now they're in fourth place, um, which is pretty much all because of Wayne I will. I will say this, though. They did beat um, DC, Red Bulls. DC are good, and they've been great over the last two months. You could argue they're the best team in the MLS. But for me, I, I just think the firepower for the Red Bulls is way is just way too much for a DC United back four. Also worth noting, if Columbus wins, I mean, you could end up being possibly the last game in Columbus, even though it looks like they may have saved that team and kept them in Columbus, which has been a great story all year. That could be kind of a challenge. But mm. my point is I, I see a Red Bulls-Atlanta final, and I don't really see that much getting in the way with it. But like, I guess D.C. could be a yeah, challenge. I, I see Red Bulls-Atlanta, um, but I think D.C. is going to be a pretty big challenge. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it will probably be Red Bulls-Atlanta, but I, I would be a lot more surprised if Atlanta got knocked out. Uh, than if Red Bulls got knocked out by really? DC, I would be I would be shocked if Red Bulls got knocked out by Columbus. But DC, the way Rooney's playing, the way that mm-hmm. team's playing, it wouldn't surprise me if they stole it with a bunch of home goals and then kind of held on. But you you away. you would be more shocked if NYCFC beat Atlanta as yes. opposed to the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, NYC- I know I know I preface it by saying I think that I think it's pretty clear Atlanta are going to win, but I mean. Still, NYCFC is healthy. They're di- they're a really dynamic team. No, I I, I agree, and that, and that's with the caveat that that's the, if DC United win the, win yes. the elimination. Okay. Okay. I, would, I would I would be stunned if Columbus could knock off the Red Bulls, but I would not be stunned if if DC United pulled it off the way they've been mm-hmm. playing lately, especially with Wayne Rooney. They beat the Red Bulls. Yeah. Um, I think in August or September, whenever they played after Rooney came on to the uh, yeah he's DC. been he's been phenomenal. Yeah. I. I would say this. I, I think that I, as much as, as United fan, I, I would love to see Rooney go and win the MLS Cup. I think personally, though, the better matchup obviously would be Red Bulls Atlanta, just given the oh, way yeah, those two sure. those two battled down the stretch in the East. Let's shift over to the West really quickly because I don't really have much to say about it. I, I just want to hear your guys' take. Is there any team that's going to beat Sporting KC? I I personally don't see it. I don't I don't think there is. I think if somebody were to beat Sporting KC, it would be LAFC. I'm in the same boat. Um, but I don't think they can. It would, yeah. it would, that'd be a really cool story, too. Yeah. LAFC, yeah. first year. Yeah. One of the, I think they had second most goals in the MLS this mm-hmm. year. They were really powerful yeah, fun to offensively. Watch. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. And that, it, a similar kind of story to Atlanta last yeah. year with they kind of burst on the scene, and hopefully they get a star as well going forward. I love Carlos Vela. He's one yeah, of, one of my Bale. favorite players. Mm-hmm. But regardless, 
Let, let's do our finals predictions real quick. We'll start with Christian. Who you got and who you got winning and why? Um, I've got uh, Sporting versus Atlanta. I've got Atlanta taking it all. That that combination of Miguel Almiron and Justin Martinez is electric. And I, I, as, as much as I love Sporting and would not be surprised if Sporting could pull it off, I just think it's too much. I think it's too much firepower. I'm going to say... Christian is probably right, but as a Red Bulls fan, I'm going to have to go Red Bulls at uh, Red Bulls Sporting, and it is it is worth noting that the Red Bulls have won the Supporter Shield, which in a real soccer league would be like winning the league. But unfortunately, they have to go through the hocus pocus of an American playoff system. I don't mind the. I honestly don't mind the American playoff. I mean, system. I I, I like it, it I, I but think, I think I the feel... supporter shield should be given a lot more weight than it really. And I, I disagree with that. I... It's 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 like it's it's playoffs like yeah. you, you don't you don't give too I, much. I know I know it's obviously a completely different scenario, but I hate the domestic cups in the in England and all throughout the other countries. I honestly would. I, it's not that I prefer a playoff system. I I think when you play that playoffs long over the year, play, playoffs are exciting. But I, I think it's 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 kind of hard to compare the two to be completely honest. But regardless, I I also have the Rebels going to the finals personally. I, I think. I think they're too dynamic, and I think they have a little more depth in the back than Atlanta does, personally. And I have Sporting KC beating them. I, I picked Sporting KC to win last year. They were the best defensive team in the league last year by expected goal metrics. I think last year the problem really was, could they score enough? And I think they've proven this year that they do have enough offensive firepower to get over the top. So I'm going to take Sporting KC for the second year in a row. Hopefully they don't let me down like they did last year, losing in the first round. But I got Sporting KC. I think we all have Sporting KC coming out of the West and me and Luke both had Red Bulls and Chris has Atlanta. So I'd be happy with either really going to yeah. the final. I think it'd be They're both a good, good matchup, but let's shift things over to Europe and we're going to start with Real Madrid firing their manager, Julian Lepedigui. I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the pronunciation on that one, but I'm still, I'm honestly, I mean, we're not surprised by what happened, but mm. what I am stunned about is seeing the list, the short list that Real Madrid is looking at. And, Two of the guys that popped up are, one, the patented Jose Mourinho, who I've really been a broken record on with this show, just begging and begging for him to be gone from United, basically since I first came on the show, and that was last fall. So we're talking about over a year now where I've been begging for Mourinho to get out. And the other one's Roberto Martinez, who I know I personally, I know Christian talked about him last year on our World Cup episode about how he was going to run Belgium into the ground, and... Personally, I didn't think he was that bad in the World Cup. I mean, some of his decisions were big. I mean, him bringing Fellaini and Chad Leon against Japan were the reason they went through. But he also was a guy who has run Everton into the ground in the past, and, and he, he struggled even, with Belgium. He didn't even bring Nijkland to the World Cup. I think that yep. mm-hmm. I still think that was his worst decision with Belgium. He's yeah. had he's had a lot of bad ones. Let's just put it at that. But it would really make no sense to me because the one guy you have to look for that we talked that Pochettino has to be the guy. I, I think personally, if he's available, I, I I don't know that he's available this year. I mean, Deli Ali just signed the new contract, and he said after he signed the contract that the, one of the biggest reasons that he was staying was Pochettino, and that Pochettino is a huge part of Tottenham. So somebody somebody somewhere must have been able to. At, at least confidently reassure Deli Alley that Pochettino wasn't going anywhere this year. Um, I would not be surprised if uh, I would be more surprised if Pochettino left midseason than in the summer. 
I don't um, think he's mm-hmm. going to leave midseason. Yeah, no, I don't think he. I, I think he's I don't got think too, he would leave midseason. I think he's got too much respect for the club. To I agree, do that, which, and he's 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 a very loyal manager. I mean, he managed Espanol before he managed mm-hmm. um, Southampton. This was wait, is, this was what I was mentioning to Luke. Yeah, he's I was talking, still. There's, he's there's like only he, three teams he would go to, right? Yeah, he said that he would absolutely refuse to manage Barcelona ever <laughs> because they're rivals with Espanol, who he was manager of for like two seasons. Like yeah. he's that kind of like loyal manager. Like he would like he would rather die before before he. Mm-hmm. Would have to manage Arsenal, like yeah. as like he's that kind of guy. So Madrid aren't really rivals with Espanol, so he wouldn't have a mm-hmm. problem going to Madrid. The enemy of your enemies, but he's friend. but he's a very loyal manager. So I think he he'd be more likely to leave in the summer. And I think if that's the case, if he's more likely to leave in the summer, then Madrid's biggest priority should be making it back into a Champions League spot this year. Mm-hmm. And I think the manager to do that, ironically, just mentioned Arsenal, is Wenger. Wow, really? Yeah. Hmm. So you would you would hire you would hire him mid season and then dump him. At the I end. would I would hire Arsene Wenger mid season and say, we're gonna hire you now and then tr- transition you into more of like a front office role because he's too old to be an everyday manager for multiple yeah, seasons. I think now. he wants to be back though. I, I really I, do. I think if he really wanted to be back, he'd already be back. I think he's probably had some legit offers. I think. But he's like, do you think he's? Do you think right he team. had? An, I, that's what I'm thinking. I, I'm feeling. But if, could that if team he, be Madrid? I don't think so. But, but it, for Madrid, I feel like Not he would have. It, it, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't have. The, his ego's too high. I think yeah. for him to do a half think, season role. And I do think. I know. I'm going to get to your point mm. in a sec. But if I, I know Wagner, you said maybe had some legit offers. I mean, what what is what do you, what is legit to you? Or like, what are you considering a legit offer? Like, because I'm thinking he's holding out for a top four team somewhere could, in Europe it, or. A, Big club in Germany. I find it hard to believe that he was not at least considered to take over for Unai Emery at PSG. I find it very hard to believe that he wasn't strongly considered for that role. I feel like he was considered, but I mean, the thing is, I don't don't, know if he got an offer though. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what the what went down over there, but he had to at least been considered over there. But the thing is, I don't think that Wenger is going to be a stopgap for. for real, like so, that's so not. Should they, so if so, my question becomes: If they're gonna wait and pursue Pochettino during the summer, should they just stick with Solari then for the rest of the season? Do you do you think they have enough confidence in him to get them into a Champions League spot? I, the thing is, even they haven't if, played a game yet under him. Here's here's my thing. I, I think I personally think Pochettino. I don't. I can't even say it though because I I thought I figured he'd be holding out for the PSG job to coach Nate because given. Didn't he, did he? Did he play at PSG? He was their captain. He, he yeah. was their captain, obviously. So, I th- I figured he'd be holding out for that job. But once Emery left, I mean, and the fact that he didn't end up going there, it taught it told me that. Listen, I mean, I think he's probably going to stay at Tottenham for at least another few years. I mean, but again, at, as, t- as as time, I know you do, but as as time goes on, I mean, they still can't win a trophy. It looks like they're going to bow out in the Champions League pretty early right now, barring. Mm what would take probably a miracle at this point. I don't I don't see why there's incentives to stay given that they're also not going to spend a ton of money even if but also I just I keep I keep fumbling with this idea because I feel like Pochettino, I don't know why he wouldn't leave because there are better opportunities elsewhere and I know he's loyal but I mean yeah, if he had an opportunity to go to PSG, it's... I feel like he would have. And also Real Madrid, it just doesn't make sense, I guess, for him to go when he's had better opportunities to become the Real Madrid manager. Why wouldn't he have taken that job at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I th- I think it's probably going to be a 
with Pochettino in Madrid, it might be like a kind of mistiming thing where like if he had taken it at this, if he should have taken it in the summer, if he wanted to go, because now they fired their manager in the middle of the season, he's not going to leave in the middle of the season. So either they stick with Solari and maybe miss out on a champions league spot, which would disincentivize Pochettino to come. Do, do you the think summer, he would take or it they, without or a they bring somebody spot? in who isn't, is going to do well enough to bring him to the champions league spot. And then they wouldn't get rid of them. Whoever it is, this mystery I mean, manager. Well, do, do you think- Not necessarily. I think that even if they make it into a Champions League spot, they they, they would fire whoever they brought in poss- to get them there if, if it meant Pochettino. Yeah, I think but Pochettino I mean, is that big uh, a prize to win for them that if they hired someone other than maybe, I don't know, Mourinho or Wenger, someone who's like a high-profile manager, other than one of those guys, um, I would say that even if someone brought them into a Champions League spot, they might still be fired if Pochettino was the option. I'm not saying it's likely, but I think it, there's a real enough possibility that that could still happen. Do you guys? Th- I mean, do you think if they don't qualify for the Champions League, that takes that takes Pochettino out of even considering going there? Because I feel like I just feel like if he were to go there, it would have been this summer either him going to PSG or Real Madrid because that just feels like those were the best two opportunities for him to go. But I, I, mean, I, I think it depends on a couple of things. I think it depends a lot on how the rest of this season goes for Spurs. They're probably going to bow true. out of Champions League. But if they can go all in on a, the League Cup or FA Cup and get one of those trophies. He needs one. He, he really needs does. one. And if they can, they've got a few players who are uh, running out of time on their contracts. If they can re-sign Christian Eriksen, they can re-sign Toby Alderweireld, and if they can re-sign Jan Vertonghen, those are important core players who if they're looking at walking there's very little reason for Pochettino to stay but if you're if you've locked up all those guys in addition to they've locked up Harry Kane and Deli Alley now if you're locking up a lot of your core then he's got a little bit more incentive to stay if he gets a if he gets a league cup or an FA cup trophy if Madrid miss out on that Champions League spot if if again also if Spurs make the Champions League spot because there are five teams right now in the Premier League that are all playing really well to start the season, and all all five of them could realistically be in a Champions League spot. Make that six. Bournemouth has been incredible this year. Oh, by the way, speaking of Bournemouth, if Pochettino leaves, there is nobody I want for the job other than Eddie Howe. Fair. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I would like to see Real Madrid go outside the box. I, I feel like that would be cool. Real Madrid should hire Eddie Howe. Not not Eddie Howe, not Eddie Howe specifically. Brendan Rodgers. Not oh my god that would, Frank be, that would be a disaster. I would like to see them go kind of out of the box. I mean, or someone new, kind of like what they did with Zidane. But quick question: Bob you, guys, Bradley. you guys think Conte? Do you think Conte could be a guy there? I I I, I, I think, think so. I think so. But I think the problem if they hire Conte is uh, the the timing with um, Pochettino. I think if they I think they've they've decided they want Pochettino. I think that's pretty clear. Mm. But I think if they hire Conte, he's probably going to do too well this season, the rest of the season to justify his firing. And but here, here's also part of from the Real Madrid side. If they really wanted Pochettino, I feel like they also really would have wanted him over the summer and they if did. it was, if it was cl- if it's clear that Pochettino said no, what makes that job more desirable at this point? The um no, just, there just, is there is nothing well, about it more desirable unless they say the, the hey, fact, we're the fact go that Daniel Levy did not buy a single player the rest of the summer That's after true. he turned down like, the Madrid job, true. and and to be fair, Spurs some of Spurs players have stepped up. Lamella has been great this season, which Lucas. was Lucas Moore has been very good this season. You know who's been very good the Dominic last two, the last couple of days that has really shocked me the last two matches, especially the City match, was Musa Sissoko who they spent big money on last summer after the Euros, or in the summer of 2016 after the Euros. He and was on loan at Burnley. He's, yeah, he's been, he's been awful for Spurs. 
and now the last like I thought he really couple weeks, City. he's fantastic. Yeah. He's he's what he's looked like what Spurs paid a then record signing for them. He's looked good. So if if they can get contributions from depth players and build a run into one of the cup finals, I think I think they'll be able to hold on to Christian. We got to wrap things up quickly, but personally, what what's your what's your overall verdict? Do you think Pochettino ends up in Madrid? I think I think he does in the summer. I think is the the mm-hmm. ultimate verdict. I think they. My guess is that if Solari puts a, they're, they're going to give Solari a couple weeks to put together some results, and if he does, they'll ride with him the rest of the season and then go all in uh, on on Pochettino in the summer. How about you? I'm going to go in the other direction. I think that they hire, they let Solari either play it out or they end up hiring Conte or Mourinho or something like that. And I, I pray to God they hire Mourinho. Yeah, I, really I mean, I, I I feel for you, Jackson. I really. It's, <laughs> it's a tough life. But I'm going to say Pochettino. To, hard, I, I, I give you credit. It's hard to feel for a Manchester United fan personally. <laughs> but I'm going to say Pochettino ends up staying this summer, and we'll revisit this issue like next season. I I, I also would like to point out that it is exactly one year to the day. Um, since uh, Spurs thumped Madrid at Wembley 3-1 last year. So if Madrid were to make a move for for Pochettino, today would be the day as ultimate revenge a year later. <laughs> Listen, hey, it's not going to happen, but it would be the perfect it would be the perfect storm, but mm. anyways, we didn't really get to Arsenal Liverpool. I'll, I'll give Luke give me give me give me some quick thoughts Where's going that into match? that. Honestly, not sure. Yeah, I really I, am not sure cuz I bet That'll alter my prediction. I feel like yeah, it end up what? at the end. I feel like it's the Emirates, but I could be wrong about that. I'm gonna check it out right now. Um, I personally think that kind of Arsenal are about to run into a wall. I think they kind of had a real good run of form for what was it, eleven games? Yeah, but I, th- I think their start their their schedule gets a little tougher. In I this think next Arsenal month. are about to run into a wall, but I'm not sure if it's gonna be this week. I think they're okay. they're still riding a little high, and I think specifically the matchup of the quick, speedy Obama Yang and the big lumbering Van Dyke is going <laughs> to um, play well for Arsenal, especially if it's at the Emirates. Um, so I think they're running into a I wall soon. I still have soon. questions about Arsenal's back four. I though. still have I questions still about Arsenal's back four. I think they're... They, it is it, at they're, the Emirates. I think it, I think it va- may very well be this week that they run into that wall, but I think they've got a little a little burst left before they run into that wall. I, so he's taking Arsenal. You're clearly I think, taking Liverpool. I, no, I, I think Christian's right. I think they will have a little bit left, but I'm still going to take Liverpool. Like I don't think Arsenal's going to run I into th- a wall. I also think a draw is a very likely, yeah, I was likely result. That. I think Arsenal... Um, I think it's very possible that Arsenal do hit that wall, but that specific some like individual brilliance yeah. from Obama Yang nips them a draw, like a one one or a two two draw. I think that's very possible. If they run into that wall that they still pull off the I mean draw. last last game against for Liverpool, um Cardiff, you you saw they were dominant completely dominating and Cardiff kind of just started to go off. Yeah, I mean but they, they stuck they um they kind of got a goal out of nowhere, a, a mishap. Um, and it's very real that, I mean, a very good team like Arsenal could do the same. Uh, like Aubameyang could just like yeah, get a and, nice one touch finish. Even I think if Liverpool, that's, that's a difference that that Liverpool and like a team a team the quality of like Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal is a difference between them and Manchester City is that their back fours are all very talented, mm. but they are mistake prone. Like Spurs will make a mistake, like they like Trippier did that led mm-hmm. to Manchester City's goal at the start of the game. Liverpool's defense and... are are mistake prone. Like they're yeah. all very talented, but they're more mistake prone I mean, than everyone, like a Manchester City. Really prone, Manchester though. City aren't. <sighs> Manchester City, that back four is a rock. 
It's they they haven't let up a goal now. in like ten years or something yeah. ridiculous. No, I, I, they haven't let up a goal right. since I you was are born. right. I, I just I still do think they are mistake prone. I mean, I, yeah. mean t- I mean, really, everybody's technically I human. I mean, as, I think as good as Laporte, as good as Laporte Chelsea, is, Chelsea, I mean, they do have very good back lines. I think Van Dyke definitely is of the caliber. Liverpool needs a, another center back to pair with him. Yeah, we we do have to wrap this up, and but I'm taking I'm going to take Liverpool. Uh, I'm I'll say three two. Mane scores two goals. Hot take, Mane scoring. Wow. <laughs> As I clearly am joking here. But anyways. And I'm going to say Salah scores no goals. Wow. That's a hotter take. <laughs> Luke just coming out with some hot takes that are kind of lukewarm at this point. As, Ginny no, no pun intended Patrick. there. But uh, <laughs> anyways, from Christian Hoban, Luke Fiore, my one last point is that a month ago I said I had a hot take saying Mourinho would be done by the end of the month, and he is clearly still at Manchester United. So my depression continues with this Manchester United side who continue to be a disaster. I'll give you one more month on that. I say Mourinho will be out. I mean, I feel like Woodward would have fired him by now. Wait, when do, when do when do Spurs play Manchester United next? Because I think that they should fire Mourinho precisely one day after that match. They should they should hold him in until Spurs get to beat United again and then fire him. That would be great. If I mean, they could do that, that would be fantastic. I mean, um, January 13th. January 14th. That's he's gone. Too long. He's I, gone. I, I, on that note, let's get out of here. Anyways, from Christian <laughs> Hoban, Luke Fiore, I'm Jackson Isle. Another episode of FUVFC. We'll see you next week.